Welcome to the Promoter Head Podcast. This is episode 16 for the month of May 2018. Uh, as always, you can listen and subscribe at podcast.promoterhead666.com or search for Promoter Head on iTunes, Android Play, or your favorite podcast app. Um, we've also got an announcement coming on later in the episode about our new Patreon campaign where you could subscribe for as little as a dollar a month and get cool rewards like extended episodes, bonus videos, music downloads, t-shirts, and promoter head show passes. Uh, we'll talk about that more a little bit later. But for right now, let's go around the int- uh, go around the room, introduce yourselves, tell us a little bit about what you do. Starting with this gentleman to my left. Okay, it says introduce myself. I'm <laughs> Liam Malone, and my band instrument, no wait, band first, uh, Black Absence <laughs> Instrument. Uh, I hit things in a semi-musical manner. Uh, position, I'm usually sitting, and what I do, I do half-acidly. That's probably been one of the better introductions I've heard on this podcast. Yeah, no one's going to top that. <laughs> Hi, I'm Johnny Mac, you know me. Johnny Mac is always here. I'm short and sweet. <laughs> I could I could talk a lot longer because I I'm, I'm first time. Oh, anyway, uh, this is this is Vinny Falkowski, and this is my intro signal. Did you hear <laughs> that? Did you hear that? That was I got a, a little craft bit of that in the beer. Mm. I think we should talk a lot about craft beer. I, I think I should. Oh, that's that's that sounds good to me. Anyway, anyway, uh, Vinny Falkowski. Uh, uh, listen, that that's not noise in the background. That's me pouring. <laughs> mm. <laughs> I'm sure it's picking up because I've got it right on the mic. And this is courtesy of of of, of Liam Malone here. Liam brought us some delicious. Exa- exactly, exactly. Mm. We're, we're drinking good stuff thanks to you. Fort Hills mm. Red Prince. Yes, indeed. Which I think replaced Red Flag, which I'm not happy about. But anyway. So anyway, now that I've had a sip. Uh, Vinny Falkowski, uh, Road Horse, <laughs> Bomber, Sick Things, Uncomfortables. Uh, things played. Um, this isn't a family show. Uh, <laughs> dysfunctional family show. <laughs> dysfunctional family show. This is as show. far as family uh, show as you Drums, get. bass, vocals, depending on the band. Um, what don't you do? How about we start with that? Yeah. I don't do keyboards. Ukulele? Could you? I, I could I, <laughs> you know, after a few more of these, anything's possible. So you just yes. keep feeding me these delicious beverages, ukulele solos on the horizon. I, I, I see them in the near future. Mm. But yeah, what I mean, what don't you do really? You're, you 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 do vocals and drums and bass in mm-hmm. multiple bands. He makes us all look bad, which is fine. Do you pl- you, don't, you don't play guitar? You don't. You don't do you play guitar too? I play some, but I honestly, I, I uh, earlier stuff I used to write on guitar, but pretty much the stuff I write now for the longest time is to put on bass. It just seems to flow better. Although I don't, I don't play bass like a normal bass player. I play it like Lem, which is basically kind of four string rhythm. <laughs> um, unlike this gentleman sitting next to me here, who really <laughs> plays real bass of multiple amounts of strings, and you know, and can keep track of it too. I, I, I've been known to play some notes here and there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a couple pedals, yeah. just a few. Yeah, yeah. And even when you're playing Small bass, board. aren't you? You're running through a giant Marshall stack, aren't you? Yes, yeah. I built what Lem has. I I, I I run my Rickenbackers through. Vintage super bases firing 412s on top of 415s. Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those yeah. 415s, those are a sight to behold, man. Oh, it's a wall of fucking... They are <laughs> punch. <laughs> I remember last year we when we did the 
I know you obviously had a 13 floor, but when we, you guys were at uh, the 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 veterans benefit, the of, yeah, something, yeah, when the music year, yep, yep, and uh, yeah, though in that giant room with those giant stacks, it was just that was incredible. And those those you were, those were the backline for a lot of the other other yeah. bands, weren't they? I uh, yeah, I yeah. bring the back. I, <laughs> I bring those, and he brings the drums. Yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a symbiotic thing. Yeah, I don't know if the other bands knew what to, knew how to handle those because you got like some guy that comes up with a little like you know little combo amp, and then he's faced with this massive four fifteen. He's like, what what? <laughs> oh yeah, there were a ton of bands. We we did it again this year actually, like a few weeks ago. Oh yeah, and there are a ton of bands that just bypassed it. They just put their little amp on the floor I had know, a mic in front of it and i was like <laughs> why the fuck are you not utilizing this mammoth wall of sound don't you want to know what you sound like no they're See, that's just what it is they, they don't want to know like this maybe they figure if they try it once it'll be they'll they'll just keep chasing the high after that yep. you know they're like it's like now heroin, that i've had this you know <laughs> they just i don't i just don't think they can handle that much power they just can't do it probably yep. not yeah. too afraid with great power comes great responsibility <laughs> and great amounts of decibels and i don't know i don't know about the responsibility part i'm 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 i'm, 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 I'm pretty irresponsible i just plug in and and you know let's see what happens but yeah I, I, I have to say that, you know... You just turn all the knobs all the way right and play as loud as possible. There you go. Problem solved. Everything on a list. There's nothing like standing in front of them when they're, <laughs> they're, they're like, oh, God, they're unbelievable. <laughs> and no dummies there. <laughs> and then, uh, so Road Horses, you guys have been kicking for how many years now? Oh, it's thirty. Getting getting close to thirty. Yeah, <laughs> Jeez, yeah, yeah. We're 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 not quite there with the Donut Kings. They're a few <laughs> years ahead of us. But uh, yeah, yeah. We're we're definitely in the in the uh, the longevity department as far as that goes. Yeah, I'm uh, pretty happy about that. Joel and I have been together since the beginning, and uh, and Mike, the new guy, he's been with us maybe about. Oh, well over twenty years. So, <laughs> the new the, guy. He's the new guy. You know. <laughs> Actually, the old guy was a mic too. The older bass player was a mic. But, uh, and how long was Jason Newstead considered the new guy? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he probably still is, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty lucky to. Uh, I'm lucky for a lot of things. I really am. I'm. I, I. 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 Things just work out, and to be able to have people that stay with you, you know, that's that's kind of the hard thing, you know. I mean, finding people to work. Oh yeah, and and to have it all, you know stay and everything it's and people people don't realize how fragile it can be you know i mean some some people i'm sure we all know them they 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 go through people all the time and other ones and they just stay forever that's like a brand of shoes man like you get the ones and you buy them year after year i transplanted our our bass player right now played in a, two bands with me in new york i was like oh we need a bass player i can call a guy he's only an hour and a half away <laughs> and he's stuck the whole time you get in a fucking rhythm like no pun intended, you want that same sound every oh, yeah. single time. You I mean, know exactly I, I can, where you're going. I've been with Joel and Mike so long that you know it's it, it's almost like this non this is nonverbal communication. It's like you just know where the other one's gonna. It's like you breathe the same or something. It's it that only comes with playing together together a long time and doing a lot of shows. Yep. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, I've, I know like bands like Rush like. For for a band that's been together that long, they they are so tight and so together as one unit that even though they have backing tracks and all sorts of like extra sounds that going on between the three of them, 
they don't play to a click track. They are so locked into their tempos that they can just like hit play on that background stuff and they're locked in with it. No matter, like they don't need a reference that's just there. Well, seeing as we're a lot of drummers yeah. in this room, uh, show of hands, <laughs> who, who's never used a click track? This oh, guy, God. I just never, I, I, I don't know. I do all the time for recording. I've never used a click track live. Um, I would it, never want to use one live. Yeah. It, I know it, a lot it, of bands do it if they have like orchestral stuff or like stem tracks that they play to, but. Exactly. Oh, dude, I just did this album. We, I tracked learning to play the click while recording to a click mm. and it was a fucking pain in the ass that's it was, always fun yeah it was learning something while doing it at the same time so no pressure it was oh, it was garbage but it makes the editing process so much and easier that's exactly why i do it because it, once you have that that the, the timeline established basically yep. you can record as many takes as you want onto that timeline and take your best parts of those takes put them all together and that's like plus also, you- also as someone who's like during the Lich King process, like I, I'm basically writing the drum parts as I'm recording them. Like I don't have, <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to play until I'm recording it. I don't know what my drum fills are. I don't, I'll change beats on the fly. Um, but there's a map. But there's a map, so yep. I get, I have that freedom. It, it, you know, a lot of people think that that click tracks are like really limiting, but it actually gives me that freedom to be more experimental with what I'm doing in the songwriting process. Because I have that established map there already. Well, plus when you hand it off, someone like one of our guitars likes to play the click. Yep. The other one doesn't. There's certain parts that need it. There's other parts where you're like, turn that fucking thing off. It's <laughs> disgusting. Exactly. Yeah, and if and if you feel like having the click is limiting, you can turn it off for a section Always or just change the tempo. And like, let it just groove. But then when the yep. drums are done, everyone could just play to those and yep. good to good. But yeah, live never used a click track. I'm right there with you. Gross. I don't like never. it. I, it weirds me out in that, like, uh, it's, there's so much so much going on with a live performance that you want to be able to push push or pull tempos or you know or you know it, things can go wrong. Yeah, also, you know, I just don't want. I want to have that. I don't want to have be 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 uh trapped in by the click oh, track if you stumble even too like usually i see drummers are the ones that are in control of the click exactly so you i just i feel myself clenched just thinking like <laughs> oh i missed that tempo i know i have to go back like two seconds but i'm off where do i pick it up do, uh, uh, mm-hmm. it's bad enough when you drop a stick like if you are off of that what's in everyone's fucking heads i no, that's a nightmare scenario yeah. like i I, I would never want to play a Thunderforge set where Zach couldn't push the tempo of the song up. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. As we play, two forty-five isn't fast enough. What does two sixty sound like? <laughs> I usually what I what I do uh, as far as recording with well, definitely with Rotors, but I've done other recordings too. I mean, usually I'll just kind of put the drum tracks like do like a live setting and just me and bass and guitar or at least guitar will just play together and it kind of keeps everything cohesive and what's the energy build and just use that to play the drums yeah and then like build everything off of that and and use the guitar and the bass almost use that like your scratch track yeah mm-hmm. you know but that's the way i do i've never i've never used the click i've always just done it you know. so basically it's almost like it's recorded live 
and then uh, everybody else just redid their stuff over it. Yep, <laughs> that's what we did for the last I mean, one. I'm good. tempted to do like a full live recording though like i've seen tons of people do it kurt Ballou especially is uh, from convergence yeah i mean you yeah. might have to master you might have to that. reamp everything down yep. the line but you just take di's of all the everyone goes in di and, and then yeah go back and get that tone that you really really want it's and as long super, as everybody's practiced about it ready for a double live album that's what <laughs> yes <laughs> there you go just put you guys in a room and fucking do it then you're done a couple little overdubs good to go yeah Sexy. <laughs> this is really cool with these microphones here, by the way. It's just, yeah. I mean, I. It's I, like, that's, this is like, yeah, that's kind of like, kind of the whole well, idea. Well, you know, of the I podcast. did do some radio <laughs> FM DJ stuff for some time <laughs> until I like, changed my voice here before I do the station ID. Did, did you but, really, you really did radio work? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, where, where, like, whereabouts? Well, I did it, I did it over at Stick, which was college, but I don't know what it was. They had some kind of loophole with the FCC, and it was by far, it probably still is, the, the strongest college station in the country. I mean, the average college station is what, maybe maybe 100 watts or something just to get to the dorm rooms? <laughs> I mean, this was, we were like a few thousand in stereo. Ooh. I mean, I could get down to Hartford. I got all over wow. the place. It was it was a fun time, I, I you know, and... I, I, I did I did a lot of great interviews and I was doing I well I did I called it living after midnight which means I didn't have to worry about family ship hours <laughs> and stuff it was after uh, midnight yep. and did everything a lot of the stuff that wasn't being played at the time like you know like those that Metallica stuff we don't do that you know <laughs> and you know Ramones Celtic Frost Angry Samoans you know of course the the, the Motorhead power block every time <laughs> but you know it was it, a lot of under Venom Slayer uh, when nobody was doing it this was this this was like you know this was like early 80s and stuff when it was you'd I'd go digging through the the bins of arrivals <laughs> like at Main Street Records and see what like unbelievably underground stuff came through and you know it was cool i did a lot of interviews too um i set up my own interviews played my own stuff and it, w it was good it was good and i because i was doing interviews and stuff i i got to see a lot of concerts that i never would have been able to afford wow. even though they're <laughs> out of they're, they're they're way more priced now but but i i was seeing concerts all the time and, and i never would have been able to afford that it was it was great <laughs> It was a, it was a, it was a good time. It was a good time. It's nice. nice to know a guy, but it's also nice to be the guy. <laughs> That's something I wish I had done more in college. I went to UMass Lowell, which actually has a really good like underground radio station, WUML. Yeah, someone um, reached out from there. Stress um, Factor. Stress Factor. Yeah. Is a great show. They reached out to us too a while back about doing an in-studio appearance, and we does never, a lot of good metal. We never stuff. followed up with them on that, but uh, we we should follow up with them right yeah we're not shitty about like logistics we're just shitty about logistics yeah. <laughs> i should bomber do a live thing for that that it, it, back at stick for that uh it's a wonderful punk program you know and i was i walked in there i was like wow this is different like the board's over here and first of all i have a lot more room now i was yeah the board little, isn't the room you know <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. well and other stuff too i mean i still remember back spinning 
records i mean everything's like all digital now mm-hmm. i mean i remember like you know somebody wanted to hear some some punk or hardcore song and i'd be finding this 30 second song on a cassette with like <laughs> with 87 <laughs> songs on it you know like, fuck 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 you coming know? back yeah but then again you know or they want to hear anthrax you know anti-procrastination song <laughs> that's it that's the whole song actually i did interview them <laughs> back when Scott, <laughs> back when Scott Ian had a, head, a full set of head of hair, <laughs> no shit. So that Not was just chin ago. hair. That was a little while ago. Damn. Oh. What other what other like notable, notable bands have you in, done interviews for? Uh, let's see. Alice Cooper, mm-hmm. uh, Anthrax, Megadeth, um, Saxon, Ooh. Metal Church. Uh, Oh, I'm I'm trying to think of um, one of the guys in 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 Metallica. It was it was Newstead. It was Newstead. Um, wow. Um, Iron Maiden. Is this of course, of course Motorhead. And is this all nice. when when you were doing stuff at Stick or was this? Yeah. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it was cool. That's, I that's I, awesome. I would go in there. I had a little again analog cassette recorder. Just hit and just <laughs> talk. Um, yeah, Ramones, Celtic Frost, um, a, a bunch of them. It was it was it was really good. Some some were really really cool too. Um, more in some more in depth than others. Mm. Um, but Byford for Saxon is a real gentleman. Of course, Lem's a joy to talk to. I I knew Lem for a long time, and 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 uh, you know I met. Uh, he had an aura about him. I'm sure everybody knows <laughs> no. that. You know, I don't just, believe it. <laughs> you know, he, there was something he he had a, a a wisdom and he had a presence, and damn, he made some lighter fluid drinks. <laughs> oh my god, I can only imagine. That's a real strong drink, Lem. As for the next one, <laughs> you just sit right there. <laughs> oh man. Well, uh, I didn't do the speed with him though. Yeah. <laughs> just the drinks. Um, Only the road to liver failure. Oh That's it. Uh, how about we take a quick little break, play a tune from somebody real quick. Um, all right, we're going to kick things off here with a band called Crime Spree. Uh, they're an aggressive, high-energy punk rock band from Plymouth, Massachusetts. Uh, their latest album, Guilty by Disassociation, is available at their Bandcamp uh, band page, uh, crimespreepunk.bandcamp.com. They're playing the 13th floor on Saturday, May 12th, uh, so be sure to come check them out. Uh, and this is When I Run by Crime Spree.
That is what good fucking punk rock sounds yeah. like. Cheers to that shit. We need more punk rock all the time, everywhere. <laughs> it's re- it's really weird that every like we try to, we actively try to seek out punk rock bands for not only RPM Fest but for other shows, and it seems like it's always difficult to either get in touch with them or. Like the punk bands are the first ones that will drop off a show without warning because that's punk rock. Because mm-hmm. that's punk rock. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, like, well, yeah. we're not going to do that. Yeah. <laughs> I can tell you right for the record, we're not going to do that. Yeah. No, nope. yeah, but yeah, uh, yeah, crime spree. I can't even say the word crime spree. Pretty fucking rad there. Crime mm-hmm. spree. Uh, Fuck yeah, yeah. What I say? Playing the 13th floor, May 12th. Yes, Sounds that is right. what you said, cool. and that's what's on the computer yes. screen. Good. I'm not looking at the computer <laughs> screen. It <laughs> means I, I I got a good brain on me. The whiteboard says the twelfth. <laughs> that digital whiteboard, mm. Mm. as opposed to an analog whiteboard. Oh, those those are worth <laughs> their weight in gold, though. I, very when you're specking out a song, man. I will type notes in my phone and be like, "Oh, this is it." No, yeah. John brought a whiteboard, and we started writing shit on there, and all of a sudden, oh, I, everyone can see it. And sometimes that's the way to go for like a, a recording project is just have that giant whiteboard and be like, oh, done with that, done yep. with that, done with that. It feels so good to just yeah. cross things off really that's violently. That's the only way to do it. You say, oh, you know, we still need like a, a intro solo part for this one right here. <laughs> if you don't do that, it's going to get... Uh, you're gonna forget that. that. The rest of the board is fucking full, dude. <laughs> yep. yeah. Come on. Or you're gonna get to the end of the end of like the entire recording process and like you're mixing it. and You're like. We never recorded that guitar solo. That's what I'm saying. So where, where did that go? Or the other thing, you go to that, you know, we're all done except for a certain member, you know, like, and we <laughs> just look at it like, mm-hmm, I, I don't see any check marks over there. <laughs> oh, yeah. The grid is helpful. Put a little subtle pressure in there. Yeah. Oh, Something like fucking going subtle going about it. <laughs> just like, look at that. <laughs> Tic-tac-toe. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah, speaking of studio stuff. You have, uh, yeah, Liam. You, yes. yeah, you guys are doing your own entire DIY studio and album and all t- that stupid shit. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We spent the good, a good portion of last year, year and a half, building a fucking ten by ten foot cube that we can record in in our studio. <laughs> Which, uh, you know... So exp- explain the cube. It literally was it's just that. Like a, it's yeah. just like one room. It's, I'm like, it's, like a, it's like a bigger space, right? And you're building out kind of stuff inside of yeah, that? Yeah, our, okay. our, our studio space, we're really lucky. We're down in Holyoke where it's nothing but abandoned mills and, you know, basically nothing but space for people to fucking be in and make noise because there's no noise ordinance in an industrial area. There you go. So we have a really large space and somehow it got into my mind like, oh, wait, we can do everything right fucking here buy some you know i went to uh what was it the restore and like the springfield one like green build or whatever it was like constantly just buying wood every couple (laughs) weeks like buying more shit kind of because like being a drummer it sucks i used to have to you know borrow shit from people or like find a space to be able to get a good drum sound and i was sick of it totally and utterly sick of it so yeah we committed to build the cube by the interface, we just got some decent speakers, like actually have a fully functioning studio now. So awesome. it's kind of nice. Got all the fucking drum tracking done to a click for the first time. Yep. Sucks. <laughs> Real fucking bad. I don't recommend it for anyone unless you're also the the engineer on it. And then it's it's kind of nice. It's, it's wonderful. Yeah. So who is kind of nice. Engineering it. I am. 
<laughs> um, that's yeah. really rough to. That's tough to do, man. I mean, good, good. You can do it, man, because it's it, it's tough to do it and be inside the cloud. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I mean, outside of the fact that you know, having people in the band that really can wear the different hats and know. Yep. Oh, it's hard to step and, and back not get and be lost like, in electronic happy land of more of this to add to more of that. No, and, like, dude, the, I mean, we called like we're only doing tracking too. Like, once this is done, I'm basically gonna like do day tracking for people because one, I hate editing. It is one of the <laughs> worst fucking processes ever, and most people can either get that to a person they really like or do it themselves on their laptop if they're a SoundCloud artist or whatever. Well, that's like, the other thing too, though. You know, I mean. Outside of having the skill to do it, I mean, I'm. That's great that you can do it. I, 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 I wouldn't be able to do it because, outside of the skill, but also back to being outside of the, you need you need another set of ears outside the cloud. Oh, absolutely. You don't want to wear yeah. multiple hats at once. Otherwise, no. you've get you you end up having a room full of know-it-all producers. <laughs> oh, I mean, <laughs> that all know that their thing needs to be louder. It's it's yeah. a. Freaking really weird balance trying to because usually the drums end up lower in my mixes. Nine mm-hmm. times out of ten, I end up having to like go back and bring the drums up because I'm like very self conscious about like I recorded it, I'm now mixing it, and I'm having you guys listen to it. I don't want to be that guy where I'm like, oh, it's all drums. So ninety percent of the notes are like, ah, where where's the snare on this? I don't hear it. I'm like, whoa, well, <laughs> it's kind of a little loud. And they're like, it's fucking supposed to be. <laughs> and is it my imagination i know several road horse things and a lot of times the studio and the people doing the studio work end up being drummers have it's you noticed very, that very common yeah well because it's that pain which in is the interesting ass. because i mean i know as far as i can see i mean years and years of power crash symbols right here <laughs> <laughs> my ears are not the best no thankfully know? i haven't had any damage but it's that it's that like sense of like i am the biggest portion of this recording process and like wanting to do it yourself and for me like just playing in fucking garages for years on task m four tracks and shit I remember doing a gig with with my old, 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 old fucking band back in Vermont where my brother was the guitar player. I had been playing with him for fucking years. He couldn't show up to the gig before I did. So he's like, just, you have my shit. It's right in the car. Put it in there. Plug it in. I'll be good to go. And I couldn't even figure out how to put his minuscule setup together. And it was like this newsflash of like, you can put drums together, but outside of that, nothing it's all a fucking mystery like electricity is just a big fucking mystery so it was kind of a big kick in the ass to figure out how the fuck do you do that and then when you're able to kind of do it yourself there's a you know a sense of pride in it and also a fuck ton of pressure because you're like oh shit i'm putting my stamp on these things that i'm putting together and putting out there like it's hard to feel really really proud and also not be like Oh, that's yeah. That's not as good as it could be, but fuck it, it's good enough. Well, I, you know, the, the good side of it is you you get to play both sides of the board. So, uh, so oh, I dig it. I mean, personally, I I hate the recording process. I really, <laughs> I don't think anyone. I, I understand. Yeah, I mean, well, some people like it. You <laughs> yeah, know, but. some people really do. So, actually, some people I've worked with 
they really are more interested in that than even playing out. Yeah. You know, and that's their yeah. thing. Not me. I mean, I I know you need to have albums every now and then, and I like it when it's done. But the process but I is fucking garbage. Hate. I, oh, jeez. You know, and it doesn't take me that long to do them. I just, I, just, I just don't like it. I find the entire thing tedious. And then when all the raw tracks are there, the fact that you guys can take 24, 48 tracks and squeeze them down to two, <laughs> you know, that, that, that's a whole other talent. That's like yeah, how but, do you how do you not get too much of this and and know what it's going to be like on the end? But it I'm, seems, I'm going with yeah, I'm taking the tracks and it's just taking me like when I take my records and I go to my accountant once a year and I go here <laughs> do do it's like taxes. You know. Well, no, I mean it, it's kind of nice though. Like I want to demystify it a bit too because people do have that perception that it's like some kind of fucking magic, but. Really, like when you get no, down to the nuts I, I, I and like bolts. I like the magic. Don't ruin it for me. No, I mean when you <laughs> when you get down to it, like you, a lot of people are afraid to like do it, you know. And it's not that fucking difficult. It's it's that mixing portion. It's the mastering. It's like that's where you get. Oh, I work in a restaurant, and then oh, I am head chef at a restaurant. Like I don't master records. I don't fucking touch that with a ten foot pole because it's a whole other piece of that puzzle that my fucking simple ass can't figure out i can master if i needed to i prefer not to. i really prefer not i to. really really i really prefer not to master my own stuff i never i you need that fresh I set never, of ears i like, never master my own stuff even with the mix on this i don't one, even like, like to master uh, other people's stuff to be honest like i'm more of a uh more of an engineer more of a mix engineer than anything so. yeah i i really feel like i mean i'm gonna do some mixes on this one like we're we're getting into guitars now do the vocals and hopefully be done uh if the timeline is correct by the end of the month uh so that way i have time to mix them but if the mixes don't come out right then it's like this this humbling point of like oh yeah let's let's pony up some money get it to someone who we trust to know our sound and let them do it it's a fresh set of ears like it's it's nice to be able to do it all yourself, but sometimes you cannot and shouldn't. So I'm almost to that wall oh, I agree. where I'm going to figure and, that out. And, <laughs> the, and the right person in there can make or break the album. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. If I think of anybody, I'll let you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know I'm not mastering it. And that's, you know, it's it's nice to know how to do things, but that doesn't necessarily also mean that you know, being involved in the process, like I said, knowing it's my drums and I'm recording these tracks, it's like, fuck, like if I'm too close to this or I've listened to it too often, you need someone for perspective at one point or another. Correct. Like I still have a, an email list of seven or eight people that I send rough mixes to. Okay. They're ears I trust, they're people that I've known for fucking years, and they got three minutes to spare. You always have to like kind of humble yourself and go, all right, well, if you know, five out of these eight people are like, here are my notes and I have to scroll, I'm like, okay, maybe I should maybe I should step back or let someone else kind of handle this. And not only that, but for every project I do, I find I either ask the band about their influences or records they particularly enjoy. Fuck yeah. And use those as references while I'm both recording and mixing. Oh yeah. Um, also, what they're listening to it on. Oh, that's okay. Also not thing. everybody oh, has yeah. a ten thousand dollar system at home. But yep. it's nice. But actually, you honestly don't always want that. Like you want, you want a good variety. You want, you want to be, 
You, you want to sit be, in the car and go, holy fuck. That's what I'm exactly. saying. Yeah, Shit, yeah. You want to listen to it. You want to listen to it on your phone. I'm yep. only listening to the left channel because I'm in the driver's seat, but it still sounds fucking decent. Or, yeah, through a phone? Holy you want to listen to it on as many different sources as you can. Put it on earbuds, put it on nice headphones, put it in your car, put it on mm-hmm. a really high-end stereo system. Buy a cheap iHome. Throw it, yeah, exactly. <laughs> put it through your, your, your Alexa little Echo thing or whatever, mm-hmm. you know? Put, listen to it on everything possible so you know that it translates to as many different mediums as possible. Oh, I'm going to piss so many people off at work. When I go in and I'm like telling the home pods at the Apple store to play my fucking tracks, <laughs> it's going to be, it's going to be fucking delightful. There you go. I'm also amazed at the, the amount that the technology has grown. Like I was saying before, I mean, I remember doing road horse releases with a two inch analog tape. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then I, I had to, I, I had to get some old master tape um, to re do something and i and i i ran across oh my god they ended up doing it on this new thing along along with the the regular doing it on a quarter inch tape when they're done it says oh we got this new format we're gonna make a an extra copy on this it's called a dat oh no you know? oh <laughs> you know? no and then you're gonna find out who has a fucking adat machine uh, well that's although a- those are beautiful for fu- i've heard many masters off of adats that are fucking stellar it just adds this crisp fucking sound that I'd never be able to fucking do. But well, every time we've done a release, I'm saying like, I'm looking at you can do this at home. I remember in the last one, it's a hundred dollar an hour sound lab doing it. Now, now you can just do it at home, okay? Yeah. But, yeah, like I I have a little tiny interface, probably the size of that mug that I can plug into my laptop on my bed and plug a bass into and record. Like, I'm not going to do anything professional off of it, but... No, but if someone sent you the drum tracks from an album you were doing, you could get the dry tracks, no fucking problem, yeah, we, reamp them, bang. Which is exactly how final. we're doing the Thunderforge and the Bellower albums. Yep, there you go. I'm just waiting on Bellower guitars, and then I'm doing my bass, and then uh, Tom's coming in here for vocals at some point, and yep. then we're done. Yep, well, reamping. Reamping, yeah, That's yeah. Reamping is something I'd never done until this album. I I'm absolutely in love with it. I, I love, love it. Everything about it. But you can't do it with a DI, as I discovered. No, I mean you, you can. You can. You get a re- get a yeah, get but a it good like balls. Box. Yeah, yep. I had never done it because I just made them go straight through their amps on the last album, and we, you know doing some research and listening back, and I was like, no, this is really the way to go. You capture the fucking perfect performance you can put it through anything afterwards i was like this sounds like fucking magic i want it it's like recording with an amp sim but with a real it's the amp. real amp yep. yep so there we are trying to fucking pump everything back out through a di and we're like <laughs> where's this fucking buzz coming from let's plug it in this outlet maybe <laughs> yeah. it's the cable i like it when Dahmer plays a gig and I, and uh sometimes he'll have like a sound guy and it'll be He'll be going up to my my amps and he'll like, well, where's the the di? I got him like, yeah. Um, they, they, they the didn't di have, is in the back of the microphone. <laughs> they didn't have they didn't have di the di's back in back in the sixties, which is when these amps were made. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> everybody get used to everybody gets used to, you know, diing a bass amp or direct out of the bass itself. And I I don't I don't like it. Like I think it makes sense for certain things. Yeah, if you have a Base to, if you have a DI tone in conjunction with the amp tone, that stuff works. Because mm-hmm. uh, a lot of time you'll have more low end out of the DI, the DI channel instead. The thing is, if you're going to be using overdrive on bass and playing through a DI, exactly. you need Ooh, like yeah. 
a cab sim or like a heavy low pass filter to cut the fizz out. There you go. Like otherwise, I, it's just. Yep. It's angry. Yeah, I, I had to buy one for my pedal board. <sighs> angry. So that it's really like you know, your pedals don't sound like ass. Yeah. That might be the so, so we have the same issue because uh, with, with Lich King, Mike uses two overdrives in uh-huh. series. Um, and every time they're like, you know, they try to plug in for, they try to plug in the DI, and we're like, can you please Not. mic the cab? <laughs> because you're going, the, the DI tone is going to sound like garbage because he's running two, two overdrives. Mm-hmm. Some engineers get it, and I have to tell them, you know, or. I have to tell them, you know, like high pass it at like five to eight K somewhere, or uh, sorry, low pass it at five to eight K and, um, other guys don't get it and they're like, no, it's going to be fine. And then it just sounds like garbage. No, yeah. no, it's not. Yeah. I mean, the same thing kind of applies for like the, the recording world too. Like a lot of times I've seen most freaking recordings end up just using the DI bass tone with like some amp sim and they call it a day mm. and it's not the fucking same. Nope. No. It's nowhere near the same. We pumped john's tracks through a guitar amp and all of a sudden it was it was there yep. it was exactly how he sounded i was like well fucking a i mean like, it's like even like even even if it's just like the preamp with a di built in that's going to be better than like just direct blah, 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 i mean the blah, amp blah, blah, sims blah, blah. will sound fine if you take the effort and the time to make them sound good but the same thing could be said for guitar but it's still not the same as like something real yeah like something it's, crunchy it, it's getting take, closer but it's not there yet. you yeah. gotta take the the amp in the cab you gotta stick it in that room or the hallway and the other side of the building and put it on nine and a half <laughs> and back away and go open and, and then yep so the, the only thing that's in there is the mic that's gonna melt yep we actually have a plan to do that. Our neighbors upstairs um, at Man the Builder Studios, they have a fucking huge stage, rounded brick room with fucking natural wood. And I'm prepping so many things to throw through that room to get natural <laughs> reverb. Plus, I'm going to then take the lock off of the uh, off of the roof door so I can then shoot my snare across the fucking canal just to get the most obnoxious <laughs> slap back as possible. Because it's nice. You can go digital to be able to replicate anything, but why replicate it when you can actually fucking hear it? It's, oh, I'm so excited. I'm going to do so is that is there like a particular section in a song that you're trying to do that or just like on the album? Period? I'm going to try as many things as possible to bank it so that way I have all the things that I need to be able to emphasize certain things or take it out when I don't need it. Mm-hmm. It's basically once you have that dry signal reamping lets you fucking do anything yeah. dumb shit slap back up echo, <laughs> echo off a canal uh yeah it's so yeah. loud when i'm walking down there some days in the summer i can hear it from like two blocks away when they have their fucking windows open it's just oh my god i was in a space doing uh photos if you look at my my facebook page um i did some photos at the old victory theater oh yeah i saw that. there Rain is Olu. a room if you look at if you look at, you'll have to look at the you'll have to look at the pictures out there in listening land <laughs> on the internet <laughs> it's this oval it's like a area where people gather you know maybe during intermission or something it's this oval space with this domed ceiling and it's one of those rooms where you just go oh one of those like i'm way on the other end of the and I know over the other side, it's carrying over. You can hear me. <laughs> it's the most amazing space. 
Well, the whole place was amazing. I mean, I mean they used to build spaces like that. The yeah. Capitol Records building still has a fucking tons of reverb rooms because yeah. they had no other way to do it than like, all right, I guess we'll build a 60 by 80 foot room and uh, see what it sounds like when we put these vocals through it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, That's I, that I, iconic I wish you could have heard the sound. I mean, you could you'd clap it, clack, 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 clack. It made that kind of ramping kind of sound. Yeah. You snap your fingers, clack, 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 clack. Oh. See, but that's nice. Awesome. Like now you can record those things, have the per like the perfect take and shoot it through wherever the fuck you want. Like it's it's kind of the best of both worlds. I mean, that's that's what they used to do with old school chamber reverb. They yep. would have an actual like, chamber. concrete chamber like under the studio, and they would just feed. They would have one microphone down there and just blast it through. Blast whatever they got through that, record it back, and then that was their verb sound. Like there are studios with iconic chamber reverb sounds. Yeah, Abbey Road. There you go. Yeah, like I want to fucking. I want to do that dumb shit. Why not? Just yeah. because I can do everything in there and I can punch up a reverb and like tweak it and be like, oh yeah, that kind of does sound like the room that it's showing me in these little digital fucking displays. Like why not throw it through all the places possible? See what the fuck it actually sounds like. See, that works when you have your own studio in unlimited time. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> if you're paying for studio time and you don't want to spend a thousand dollars just figuring out what sounds what the decent. reverb is yeah. plugins pedals yeah, yeah. Well, i mean we, we are sort of have a, like a reverb room but i've got it filled up with junk right now uh, <laughs> there's also that yeah that would be it's, junk verb this could be a this could be a reverb room but it's just storage instead yep no anything's possible man that's kind of the cool thing about reamping that i never fucking realized yep. like a dumbass I learned do it. At a, Figure it out. Do the fucking research and go. Ah. At a very young age, recording my some of my first demos, um, I tried to fix some guitar parts with overdubs, like weeks apart, with the same guitar amp and the same microphone. And despite my best efforts, you can never replicate. You can never replicate yep. it, no matter what. Unless you and, do it all in the same fucking and, day. And back when I was 14, there's no there's no way I like wrote down the same amp settings or really <laughs> put the mic on the same couldn't position. Couldn't take a picture with your cell phone. Nope, couldn't. Yeah. What well, was a cell phone? Um mm -hmm. yeah, and so I like on 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 the final product, you would hear like just, you know, the guitar parts going and then in the middle of this one section all of a sudden the guitar tone sounds different for about 12 seconds. And you're like that was my overdub. And I'm like, fuck. I'm like, how do I solve this problem? And then Ten years later, oh, reamping's a thing. Cool. There you go. That solves all of my issues. It's fucking marvelous. Yep. Edit, reamp, done. Yep. Perfect. No pressure. No fuss. No muss. There you go. Hey, let's play another tune real quick. I okay. Like that idea. Let's do that. Uh, we're gonna play some Oxblood Forge. Ooh. Uh, they are playing the thirteenth floor on Friday, May eighteenth along with Disguise the Curse, oh, nice. She Walks Without Legs, and Barbarian Thieves. Um, they actually just put out a new album recently Ooh. Uh, called Death Dealer's Lament. It was released this February. You can grab that at oxbloodforge.bandcamp.com. Um, these guys are from the outskirts of Boston, and they bring a penchant for roundhouse kicking the listener in the face. With yes. their own special sauce of heavy rock and metal with a generous helping of classic rock, doom, and blues. I love band marketing lingo. I, 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 you I gotta make it sexy. Enjoy. Yep, exactly. But they, they pull it off. Like I've, uh, First time I saw those dudes was at Hothfest, I think, yep. a couple years ago. 
And then I caught the end of their set up at Jewel opening for Manila Road a while back. Which is kind of a weird fit for them, but they're really fucking good, so it was fine. You they made are work. Really damn good. <laughs> All right, so here's Paragora Euphoria by Oxblood Forge.
That was Oxblood Forge. Catch them May 18th at the 13th floor in Florence, Massachusetts. And this is... Mmm. Mmm. You can taste that. Tasty, wholesome beverage, courtesy of Liam. Thank you once again. I cannot thank him enough. Courtesy of This was uh, like kind of the halfway point of our show, and I feel it's due to thank him once again for bringing these delicious... Beverages. You demand, Liam. I stopped at the package store and went, ooh, Fort Hill. I don't even care what it is. And Mm. it happened to be Red Prince. You're killing it. Thank you, Good shit. And here we are in the the midst of the the craft beer renaissance that we are all reaping the benefits of. Yes. Drink I read something about this like mass, like the the most beer drinking or or the most beer appreciating state. I don't know if that's, I I have no idea about the statistics. All I know is that there's tons of breweries popping up I would expand that to New England in general, I think, because New England's great for craft beer. We're killing it in the beer game. Yes, we are. And the nice thing is, so I actually work for Beer Advocate uh, twice or three times a year as one of their festival captains, which basically entails making sure that shit doesn't go haywire, imbibe liberally, and have a good fucking time. It's a dream fucking job, and every <laughs> That's a fucking cool sounding time, title too. I am a. What'd you say? You're the, I'm a, a festival captain. A festival yes. captain. And <laughs> okay. They used to do captain. all volunteers, so it used to be a whole bunch of people like myself that were like, "Holy fuck, you can actually do this!" And like, you. Uh. <laughs> the problem with that though is that most people that did that also just got shitty. So they ended that, and like, thankfully, I was right at the cusp of when they needed people who were reliable to fucking, you know, not be an asshole, make sure shit went smooth. And it's fucking. It's amazing, dude. They will bring in mostly people like uh, I do Extreme Beer Fest in uh, usually it's in February, and that's where they invite like extreme six, beer. Yeah, they invite <laughs> sixty extreme sports beer fest, <laughs> dude. Sixty to eighty brewers who are specifically bringing beers to like push the fucking envelope. Like, oh, we put a half a pound of fucking habaneros in just about every pint. <laughs> And oh, dude, it's incredible. I absolutely recommend it because it's like, I mean, it's like 50 or 60 bucks for a session, but you get three and a half hours to sample some of the best stuff and also some stuff that never fucking happens again. It's amazing. And then you realize, holy fuck, like there's all this good beer right in our backyard, too. I come home and go, Oh, wait, there's this one that's 20 miles away. There's this one that's right over here. And even on the smaller scale, I've got so many friends that. I, you'd call them nano brews, or maybe you call them pico brews. Yep, but yep. I know so many of them, <laughs> pico. Yeah. And and I just sit there reaping the benefits. Oh, what have we made this week for me to try? Is oh, it's great. It's great. Oh, I fucking love that. Shit. What level is Dave Seely on? Oh, dude, the dude. Goblet Bro, the Goblet Bro, <laughs> dude. Man. I don't. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, he only he. I forget. He does like one like every season or something like that. Something or? like that. He. Kills it. Yeah. Every time I partake and I'm like, holy fuck, dude, this is more. (laughs) Rick DeGrees has been started brewing again. Really? Yes. Oh no shit! Mm. Yeah, he's been doing. He had me come over. Oh, Vin, you got to come over to the house. He's, you know, he's he's making flights for me. It was freaking. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's amazing. It's good shit, man. I wish I didn't live on a fourth well, floor he apartment. Well, he just put something <laughs> out. He's trying this some wild new experiment. He was going to try something. He's not going to use water. He's just going to use like like maple. 
syrup. Whoa. Huh. <laughs> Sorry, I grew up in the Maple City in Vermont, so I'm mapled out for pretty much the rest of time. Maple beers have to be real fucking good. Like the left, the lefties. Uh, the lefties. Well, for those of us that aren't as maple jaded as fucking, you are, the big brekkie is yeah. just the right amount of maple. They had a beer for Ryan and Casey's 250th anniversary. It was like an imperial maple bacon something. It was like something mm. weird. Like <laughs> it was supposed. To, it, it said it was like 11 percent alcohol by volume. I was told that it was much higher than that. Yeah, legally they probably have to put legally that. Because legally they have to yep. put that. And they only sold, there was like like 100 cases ever made or something like that. Oh. And I must have drank like four of those cases. <laughs> <laughs> God damn, that was good. That was, it was, it was like a, you know, like 12 bucks for a bomber of it. And it was. Money well spent. Money, it was, it was so good. I barely ever touch the dark beers, but then when I do and they're really good, they're really good. Yeah. You know, for the longest time, that's all I did. I wanted Dark the, beer. I wanted Motor the oil. man, I can't yep. see through it, and the head is brown. Yep. That's, but then, little by little, I went on the slippery slope of the IPAs. Well, yep. everyone now makes... Just, oh, give me some help. Well, give me some help. Like, <laughs> so, I don't even want the so, liquid anymore. Just, so, just let me chew hops under a bridge. Pour them into my open mouth. Oh, my God. Like, oh, like when I started getting into beer when I was like 19 years old at UMass. Like the first craft beer I really enjoyed was the Harpoon IPA. Oh, so solid. It, it's mm. it's very like smooth and drinkable, but it's yep. barely got any hops in it. No, so but I it's... thought I was like, I thought like, oh, IPA is the style for me. And then I tried anything that had an IPA label on it. And most of them were garbage. <laughs> Cause well, like it... the, the IPA game was, it was like, there were like a few select ones that were really good but now it's saturated though like it's really hard well, to yeah, like the, the, differentiate the, oh the juicy like New England style IPAs that taste like orange juice got popular mm. and that God, it's good. that was what got me into the IPAs and what made me be able to appreciate like the like the more resiny ones yep. a little more the fun stuff is I've been trying to find single hop stuff so like find a single hopped IPA and like really try and train my palate like mm -hmm. what am i actually fucking tasting and all of a sudden like then you look at these double ipas that are like double hopped with a certain hop and you know what the fuck's gonna happen it's like oh my god it's not a mystery anymore <laughs> holy shit mm. this uh, it's fucking amazing I, prefer, mm. I tend to prefer the single over the doubles. You know, I, I, I'm not I, like I, I like single IPA over double IPA, or like the hop thing he's talking about. No, no, the, the single IPA, not not okay. the hopped thing. I should I, I I shouldn't have confused them. Yeah, uh, beer snobs. I, <laughs> I don't know anything. About yeah, beer. I mean, I, I I I can drink a beer and know that I like it, but I wouldn't be able to tell you what was in it. Well, exactly. That's where I started to look specifically for like that single hop stuff to see like well what the fuck people are just throwing like eight different types of things there and they'll put it on the label the mystery just like it does with the recording yeah, studio you gotta like <laughs> you're taking the mystery out of life you gotta kind of understand it. it doesn't want to drink it well yeah there is that every once in a while you just grab whatever the fuck's see, good at but. some point i kind of want to understand what's like going on in the background there yeah like mosaic for instance i know now is one of my favorite hops because it's really fucking citrusy it gives you that nice crisp taste that you like with an IPA. Never would have figured that out if I hadn't tried like four or five mosaic single hopped IPAs. I couldn't name a single hop. I don't. <laughs> They're usually on the label. Yeah, yeah probably. Some, some some of them are good. Some of them just like to keep a fucking mystery to it. But yeah. 
dark beers for the win, man. Old Rasputin was I, actually I the used first to be, dark oh, beer I had. Oh, yeah. Changed my fucking life. Oh, yeah. Old I used Rasputin, to be, like, super into, like, Belgians. And, and, oh. mm. and I haven't had those in a while, but... The, you gotta do a stout, uh, like, half stout, and then a quarter lambic. Ooh. Like a ra- it's like a fucking dessert. Because they're all fruit, like fruit fermented. Yeah. Yeah. So if you get like a raspberry like a fucking lambic. chocolate raspberry. It's a dessert. Dessert. But Sharon by the Grill time you're done, you're like, ooh, okay. Excuse me, word right. of the day, it's an aperitif. Ooh, <laughs> fancy. Getting the, voca- the vocab out here. That's I for the connoisseurs. The f- mm. I think uh, Frambois had a couple lambics at Sierra Grill. I haven't. I haven't been there in a while, but. Uh, if they have them on tap, get a stout at the same time, pour them bitches together. You're done. Ooh. You're good. I'm trying it. You've had dessert. I'm trying it. Mm. That sounds it. Yep. That's all John's fault. Thanks, John. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, like it's it's also back to like the the IPA craze. I was trying to buy beer yesterday, and like I'm looking for something that's not an IPA is almost impossible now because you're at a stout season. Yeah, stout well, I season's mean, like, over. Yeah, but uh, you know, it, the, every single. Like local brewery, it's like they have like five or six different IPAs. Yep. And well, it's the, just, the yeah. Maybox must be coming. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, Fort Hill made their name originally off of lagers, yeah. and so yeah. did uh, yeah, but like, Jack's yeah. Abbey did that for a while. Oh, oh my god, yeah. yeah, they added a yeah. lot of cool stuff now. But when they first came out, the the only one I really liked by them was their Doppelbach. Smoking it's, Dagger's good. They actually have a legendary beer that has entered into the Black Absence lexicon. Uh, they got did. a legendary new new oh, space there. It's oh my god, it's beautiful. It's fucking amazing. Where, where are they out of? Um, they're Everett, somewhere out. Okay, closer to Boston. Yeah. But they had a Rosh beer, which is like this German style smoky ale mm-hmm. um, called Fire in the Ham. And I remember we were writing a fucking song at the time. And, like, I'm sitting there waiting for people to, like, fucking, you know, stop talking and figure their shit out. And I just yell out, fire in the hand! And started the song. And now that is how we start the fucking song every (laughs) fucking time. (laughs) To the point where there's going to be a real debate when we put this EP out what we're actually going to call the song because we've all been calling it June Ham for, like, a year and a half. Is that the one that you guys claim is a Taylor Swift cover? No, we actually do a Taylor Swift cover. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, that's real. That's a thing that happened. Pick the one. I, I can't tell yeah, if you're li- serious. Listen to it on the iTunes or band spaces and uh, tell me which one <laughs> it is. Space. Mm. The band spaces. That is absolutely the most... I, I never would have suspected how, how we would finally segue back into talking about music. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. I've never... All it how takes did is that Taylor's, happen? Well, I was going to bring up Beyonce's two-hour fucking Coachella experience. I, I heard did about this. No bullshit. And I don't want any fucking shame like, oh, you're not metal watching fucking nope, Beyonce. Nope, nope. She had a fucking entire marching band on a fucking stage. The, it, was, it was fucking incredible. And her actual band... Are they fucking slay? They oh yeah, every every slay. like major pop star who uses a backing band, yeah, has, has talented Dude, motherfuckers. You can in find that it band. online. It is two hours well fucking spent. I was I was amazed by the production levels, how good it fucking sounded. I mean, like like I said, they had a whole fucking marching band there on the on the freaking riser. It sounded incredible from Beyonce. So yeah, I don't know. Hate me on the internet. I nope. don't care. It was awesome. <laughs> no hate. <laughs> hate me on the internet. Uh, 
Yeah, no, no hate for I, I, I you know, even though I'm a metalhead at heart, and you know, a huge punk fan, and anything heavy is like what I generally go to. I don't. As a musician, I think it's important to be well-rounded and have yeah. a variety of influences. And good music is good for that reason. It's exactly. just good. Yep. There you go. No discriminating. No. Plus, metal gets like metalheads get judged all the fucking time oh, based yeah, on what we want. There's nothing to more to listen to. So, like, why would we give other people shit? You know? It's, yeah. I there's, don't know. there's nothing more annoying and aggravating on the internet than like watching a metalhead like it's like somebody posts like a you know a Taylor Swift video or some pop music and they're like this isn't metal it's not good it's it's not metal stop metal's thinking the, what I am metal's right. the only thing that exists <laughs> metal is the only form of music ever and everybody should listen to it now that's Nothing drives me fucking more crazy no. than that. That's why you bridge the gap and do a Taylor Swift cover. There you go. There it is. Yeah. <laughs> What's the the ultimate crossover? What's that meme going around? The, the oh, ultimate crossover thing? And like, fuck, that's right. You thought this was the the the. You know. What I mean. By the time this comes out, that meme will be outdated. So just yep. ignore me. <laughs> I'm just gonna go plank somewhere. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ! <laughs> <laughs> I forgot that was a thing. Yep. Uh, are we are we over the the uh, American Choppers meme yet? Is that still no? Actually, that's that, like that that's the hot one right it. now. Yeah, I saw a decent one that was all full of Trump tweets that counteracted oh my one God. another, oh, and it was yes. fucking beautiful. Yeah, in all caps, fucking beautiful. Right. <laughs> uh oh, getting too political with the metal podcast here. <gasps> Fuck it. What? That's me Politics sucking the air metal? out of the room. No. What? No, no such thing. Actually, we don't do anything political. I don't know if this is ever a problem, like, when you guys write songs. Most of ours basically aren't about anything real fucking serious. Like, it's all... Like, people kind of get pigeonholed into a genre. My band has a song called The God of Tits and Wine. Right. Like, mm. you have a space <laughs> that you occupy, but, like... We don't really occupy a space. We just kind of fucking do whatever makes sense. My band's most popular song is called Combat Mosh. <laughs> right. So, like, <laughs> it's literally a song about moshing. That's pretty much it. And that's what it's, it it's giving it into be. your caveman like aggression and just beating people up in a pit. Like, I like my very specific, like, genre based or like theme based stuff, but I, I, I don't like to be pigeonholed like that. Like whatever the fuck makes I don't know sense. What our most popular one is. I'll, I'll take a stab at maybe Shovelhead about my my bike. I, I would say that's the one. There you go. Fair enough. So. Yeah. Not that I haven't put um, political things in. I, some a- anti-war things and anti-war is easy though. Yeah. Like yeah, everyone so. should be fucking anti-war. Is there no pressure? Is there ever is there a <laughs> pro-war song out there? There's got to be. It's probably awful. Uh, yeah, there's still a lot of Nazi bands. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's unfortunate. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I mean, like, uh, I, yeah, lyri- like, I don't get involved in the lyrical content of any Yeah, bands. nor I do I. I'm, so. not, I'm not much of a songwriter. I'm not even much of a songwriter myself. Like, I, my skill within the songwriting process is mostly editing and production, but you know, like if somebody comes to me with a song idea, I'm like, hey, try, you know, try this other thing in the verse or try putting this bridge here instead. Like that's that's what I'm good at. Yeah. And I'm not good at like sitting down with a guitar or on a drum set and like creating something from scratch. That's not really Fuck my strong no. point. And I've never really 
That is one Doesn't thing it. about being in the studio is like the guys will go like they'll hear my vocals and they'll feel like, oh, that's what he says there. Oh, <laughs> that's what the song's about. <laughs> do, you think I knew, the music. do you think I knew any of the Thunder Forge lyrics outside of the choruses when we were playing those songs? Or when you like, get the final album notes together and you're like, oh, so I was reading the album notes. I didn't know you were fucking saying that. Holy shit. That's, yeah, that's I, me with every Lich King song. It's yep. like, well, I don't even hear the I don't know the lyrics, lyrics until, until I recording. read them. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I don't hear the lyrics until we're recording. And even while we're recording, since Tom's screaming things, half the time I'm like, can you can you go back from the part where you were saying something about shopping carts? And he's like, yep. I'm like nope, that's, that, that's not even close to the that's right That's not lyric. what I'm saying. <laughs> nope. That's like, what, I don't know if you guys are familiar with Swashbuckle. Yes. One of mm-hmm. the most fantastic fucking bands out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, they usually stream, they have been for the last few months, all of their vocal sessions. Oh, they're working on new stuff? Oh, fuck yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Cool. And it's indecipherable sometimes when Admiral Nobeard is just <laughs> being Admiral Nobeard. It's indecipherable. But then you hear the record and it's like, oh, okay, I kind of got four or five words there, but he's just rapid fire. We need to get them out to Massachusetts sometime. Oh fuck yeah! Like, I didn't. I forgot they were from New Jersey. Yeah, they're but right around. Is, they also have a spinoff project called. Uh, it's like Big Truck or Big Trucker, <laughs> where instead of pirates, they are just truckers. Huh. It's fucking delightful. But they're know, awesome. They won me the over land. when they uh, they they reserved a table at one of Alestorm's shows. And they sat the entire set and played Magic the Gathering. (laughs) And I'm like, okay, they do pirate metal and they play Magic. I'm in. I'm in. You have won my heart, Swashbuckle. Nerds for sure. Cheers. Uh, (laughs) We could probably spend the rest of this session just like naming the different pigeonholed types of metal. (laughs) Mm -hmm. There's pirate metal and there's Viking metal. But they fit together. We've played on so many fucking different bills where we look at it afterwards and we're like, how the fuck? Like that didn't make any sense why we were on this bill. But when we're playing, like it still makes sense somehow like metal gels pretty fucking well with other metal acts or heavier acts. Even as long as the bands sound like they know what they're doing. Yeah. Then it'll be fine. Yep. Exactly. I agree. I agree. It doesn't doesn't have to be. If if you know what you're doing, I mean, pretty much. And the people are going to like it. If they think Hey, they know what they're doing. Mm -hmm. They know how to play. It's loud. You know, I'm happy. Unless you're like, you know, one of those like really, really elitist, pompous, like, oh no, that's not within the little I thought this was a black metal show, I like. And yeah. that is more Celtic metal than black metal. <laughs> yes. So oh. I would like my seven dollars back, please. <laughs> yeah. And uh fuck that noise. I'm we played to... with a lot of fun yeah. bands that are like nowhere near us. Uh Crow Rider is especially an example. I, yeah, one of my great band favorites. Great band. Um, I worked with their drummer, Chris, for years, and we always were like, oh, we should do a show, and we finally did it. And I was like, we have no business being on the same bill, but it made total fucking sense. Just weird combos, man. There you go. You know, it's uh, interesting to note, like, uh, we started doing the whole two-band thing on the podcast as of last episode, and we had Oxen, who... And And Vivid... Vivid... Vivisepulture. Vi- no, vivisepulture. Vivisepulture? Or vivisepulture. Vivisepulture. They, yeah, however, <laughs> they, <laughs> they say it two different ways, so mm-hmm. I, as far as I'm concerned, anybody can say it any way they want. Um, but two metal bands, two very distinct styles, one more progressive symphonic, one more 
stoner rock organic fairness style exactly i fucking love it and you know i was i started booking the podcast uh booking these booking the shows booking the bands um and you know we had some discussions like should we try to book two bands that are very similar or should we let that slide a little bit or should we just go nuts and book two completely distinct bands um and those two bands seem to hit it off real well like i Last episode, I didn't have to talk at all. It like, sounded they fucking just kept great, going too. back and forth, and you know, it was cool because they had two different very or two yeah two different like uh, styles of songwriting and and recording, and it was really cool to hear like different aspects of that. And oh, they people. sounded yeah. fucking great too. And yeah, both bands played absolutely killer sets. Like too. holy shit! I'm hey, like, if you haven't heard that episode, go back and listen to Promoter Head Podcast number fifteen from last month. Yep, do it with both earbuds in because. I just had the left, and I was like, oh, this sounds weird. Wait a minute. <laughs> oh, there it is. That, okay. Yeah. But, um, is it time for another tune yet? Uh, we're, we're getting we there. Uh, it's tune time. Let's do tune time. Howdy, time. I don't know. I'm not counting. It's howdy, already... time. It's a Monday night. Like, I don't have shit else to do, so. Shit else. Shit else. Uh, hey, uh, we should probably play a Road Horse or a uh, Black Absence tune. Which one? Who wants to go first? Why not both? Yeah. Claim it this time. <laughs> Why not both? Just overlap them. <laughs> That's right, Bob. That's, That's right. Then this next record, Road Britannica. You <laughs> get to do both. I don't. Know if, I don't know if any of you guys watch uh, Parks and Recreation. But oh, that's fuck like yeah. One of my favorite jokes. Is there like the NPR guy that's like, "This is now our new show. Jazz plus jazz equals jazz." Oh my god! And yeah. it's them playing. He's like, it's it's uh, Miles Davis album played on top of a Dave Brubeck album at the same time. <laughs> So that's what we should do. Next, we'll do we'll do that. Some, we'll play both your songs at the same time. Yep. Hey, I know the tempo maps for the song. new EP. No, it, it has to be. It can't. We can't even line them up. It's oh. got to be two completely weird things. So it's just a total mess. Oh my god, yes. But we should do that right now. No pressure. No, I'm kidding. Uh, ah. let's just go left to right. We'll start with the black absence. Black absence tune. Uh, uh, you want to talk? I got a little bio thing, but you can probably. Do oh it yeah, I mean, we put that together really in haste, actually, before RPM, because we were like, "Oh shit, we haven't put a written thing down that says what we do." There you go. Um, yeah, I don't know. This. Song tell is, me about the. Tell us about the band real quick. How did, how it came to be? And I I joined about four years ago. They had already kind of started um, around the Western Mass area. It's old school, man. We play like. I don't know, the shit that we grew up listening to, or at least I did, like, not, like, early fucking 90s style, like, just heavy shit, like, Testament, Pantera, like, groove. So there's a lot of fucking groove, uh, lackluster drumming, and a lot of fucking <laughs> solos. <laughs> and this song's called Revolution. This one's really fucking dime-inspired. Like, Asian and I sat around the studio, like, writing this motherfucker and went, holy fuck, this is a Far Beyond Driven track. Holy <laughs> fuck. I can hear so, it. yeah, we dig it. Cool. All right. Revolution by Black Absence. Here we go.
unprepared <laughs> wow there's a surprise hey black absence revolution yay, yay. where can we uh, where can we get your stuff where everywhere give me some links we uh we paid like the 50 60 bucks or whatever to do distro kid oh, they put go. it fucking everywhere 50 60 yeah for like a single album yeah it was like something like that we paid like 20 i mean did you guys get like the <gasps> like YouTube scan for yeah. Well, okay. yeah, we all we paid a little extra because there's the Taylor Swift song on there, and uh, we want to be like, yep, don't yeah, get fucking to, sued by the giant nine that. cents per copy. Yeah, so yep, yeah, we paid a little extra, but it's all over the fucking place, and pretty soon we'll have an EP that'll also be all over the place. Sweet. Once I finish it, so you're on Spotify and Bandcamp, Spotify, and Bandcamp, and iTunes. iTunes. Mm. Deezer, whatever the fuck that is. <laughs> Deezer, iTunes I, is going to stop selling music downloads. I soon. heard about that today. I, say, I guys, also heard that was a joke. You're all well more I don't know. versed in that <laughs> than I am. You, I mean, I know some of the stuff. You guys are 
way ahead of me. I'm not sure whether that's real or not. I mean, cassettes were still a thing when I was a kid, so I'm... I, mean, I remember you guys are way of. ahead of me. <laughs> no one's actually paying for. Uh, I pay every once in a while for an album, but usually it's through Bandcamp or something. When it comes to fucking music, it's I mean, fifteen bucks for a subscription. I can fucking hear anything. I have a yeah. I have a mm. local New England playlist with like three hundred fucking songs from all these fucking bands we played with and seen. Like, it's just not worth it not to have Spotify. Yeah, for me it's so awesome that there's so much great talent everywhere. It's just it, yeah. Buy the yeah. fucking CD. Have the physical copy. It's kind of nice to have that. But because if you print yeah. vinyl, I will buy it from you. The downside of having so much great mm. talent is that there's so many bands to listen to and so many CDs that to buy. Yeah, <laughs> you, I just I can't I can't like I can't spend a third of the money I make in a year buying music. Nope. Put your shit on the internet and then. Get those digital trickle downs. There you mm. go. It's, it's you know. Mm, give me that point nine cents of that penny. <laughs> that was another thing <laughs> when I was doing the radio. I mean, the the the, the discs that I would get. It's like wow, all this great stuff that you know that you know what it takes to to, to make it big. You know, if you don't doesn't everything doesn't fall through the cracks. I mean, but there there all, all these bands were just so fucking talented. Like you know, everybody should have known about every damn one of them. You know. The, the the I was having this discussion with somebody online the other day, but the the rise of DIY recording and digital music has both made it easier for anybody to get out there, but how because of get that, noticed. how do you get noticed? Yep. Yeah, you've got <laughs> so many bands with so many Facebook pages and so many everybody's trying to reach that same those same fans that same demographic. It's like mm-hmm. people only have so much space for so much music in their lives and only so much of a budget to to buy music so kind of like uh could always use more venues to play also yeah. true yeah. but if you got too many bands and too many venues and not enough shows like same thing it's just lots of oversaturation yeah you get four shows on a night people aren't going to show you'll get some people to each of them but you got a crowd of 100 people. Sustainable. Yeah, you got a crowd of 100 people, and then all of a sudden those 100 people are going to four different shows, and then none of those shows are making money anymore. Mm. It's, yeah, it's, you can have too much of a good thing, yeah. unfortunately. But, now the upside, know, I, the I, upside to the DIY thing on the internet is that you can reach anybody in the world instantaneously. And if fuck you, yeah. You can put your album out, and then two days later, it's on a Russian torrent site. <laughs> exactly. You go, that fuck exactly, yeah. Exactly. Or like someone on, you guys were talking about the fucking Encyclopedia Metallicum Metal- or whatever yeah, the fuck. Yeah. Somehow, all of our old shit's on there, and it's linked to the new band. And I'm like, who the fuck is paying attention? I'm the only one that like stumbled onto this Googling and I'm not the one that put it up there, so who the fuck is paying attention? Somebody. There are people who are serious nerds about that website. <laughs> yeah, to a fucking degree where I'm like, how do they, who, I did, it was fucking astounding. I was like, okay, you even have like a Wikipedia-like link to the new band from the old band. I'm like, 
So Ooh. even if you're even if you're a big act, okay, now you, you instantly the day you put an album out, and by the end of the day, there's there's dozens of torrents in every country on earth. You know, oh, weeks before mm-hmm. even. You know, yeah, and, yeah. And, and the same thing. Like I, I also remember where. Uh, well, I remember where you could bring, <laughs> bring in booze and smokes and everything. You know, into into the into the like a coliseum, but you know, but you couldn't have any recording devices. But now, how are you going to stop? Because everybody's got a phone. People so you watch like yeah. a like a a, a a thing for a big concert, and all you see of everybody holding up their iPhones. Yep. So yeah. okay, so the torrents are instant, and there's all kinds of videos instant and. Where's the money coming from? It doesn't. Basi- and the you're basically like sucks it all you're up. You're basically a, a, on tour, and that doesn't make you money. You're you're a t-shirt salesman. You know? <laughs> yep. That's you're selling your t-shirts. That's so. how you do it these days. Yeah. I mean, that's anytime we're on the road, we're most we're selling CDs and merch, and that's basically our uh, that that's the how we keep going. That's we we make enough from that to get to the next show and. If we're lucky, there's some left over at the end of the tour for for us. And then if we're really unlucky, we go to Australia and lose a shit ton of money. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, but to say, you know. But then you not, have that experience. But like, then you have that experience. Exactly. That's the shitty thing is it used to be that there was just no money in like metal or like those less popular genres. But it's gotten even fucking worse now. Oh, yeah. Where I'm reading stories about bands that like should be popular. I know about them like tangentially or like second or third hand. And I'm like... Wait, why are these people writing a story about how they're fucking broke? I've heard them all over the fucking place, but never actively like sought them out to listen to them. And yeah. it's because the machine itself has gotten to a point where you can't generate enough money to actually make the people making that music any money. Yeah, you, you can either strike out on your own and try to make a living independently and struggle for however many years it takes you to get there. Or you can go through a record label and put your music in all these places that make you famous, but then have the record label take the money anyway. Yep. It's a crapshoot. Like, you're just not going to make any money as a working musician. And that fucking sucks. You're not yes, going to make... Does. I will uh, put a slight amendment to that. You will not make any money as a working musician, but a, what a lot of these people... Like, what happens with a lot of these people that are like, oh, I, you know, I'm a touring musician and I'm broke, they're paying... Like a manager and a booking yeah. agent, and then they're printing like you know they're printing really expensive merch, and it's like you you guys don't know how to run a fucking business. Yeah, bad business decisions. Mm-hmm. Jesus Christ! Definitely it's like, part of all that. right. So don't you know you don't need a giant tour bus. You don't need a manager that's not doing shit for you. You don't need to book. You don't need to pay a booking agent twenty percent of your money. Yep. Like stop doing all that shit. Learn how to do things on your own. Or keep like, shit cheap. Like, exactly. Like, we I'm, we have a debate all the time about like how expensive our stuff should be. Yeah. And like, I don't know. This is probably a, a conversation most bands have now. It's like, oh, we shouldn't devalue our art, but yes. at the same time, who's going to fucking buy it? So the like, people, you can't devalue your art if the people around you don't already value your art. Yeah. So exactly. I don't know. We have, a, it's, you know, and I get both sides of the argument, but. For me, I know that if I have five bucks, I will spend that on a CD, right? If I have mm-hmm. ten bucks and I see a ten dollar t shirt, I'm gonna buy a ten dollar t shirt over a twenty dollar one. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times that comes down to like larger bands playing in clubs that also take a cut. And if you're dealing with well, and a lot of those bands, they have shit. to pay a cut of that to the venue. Yeah, uh, exactly. Heg. Uh. <laughs> oh, dude, everywhere does that. Yeah. It's fucking disgusting. Fortunately, you know what? Fortunately, though, like 
most of the places I've played on tour really have only done a merch cut once, and that's in you know hundreds and hundreds of shows. Mm-hmm. So at least like independent venues aren't really yeah, doing on the that venue. stuff. Whether you're bigger venues, linked sure. in a fucking Live Nation and that fucking yeah, exactly. Hydra mm. of fucking corporate control. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, like you you price your merch at what you think people will pay for. Yeah. If, if I mean, obviously that's an obvious statement, but like, <laughs> don't don't purposely undercut it because there are people out there who will pay that little bit extra to support you for it. Yeah, and it's you a fine like, line, and it's tough. Like on a on a if your if your t shirt if your t shirt costs uh, six dollars to print, it selling it for ten, you're really not. You got to sell all them fucking shirts. You're really after yep. after mm-hmm. the printing and the shipping, you're probably not really making that much headway on it anyway. No. Um, so you know, shirts. Is, I think shirts fifteen to twenty is usually a pretty solid price, depending on the number of colors and if it's a you know front and back print. Um, well, that's the hard part too. You want to make something fucking sexy. Exactly. Like I've wanted to do a tie dye shirt, <laughs> <laughs> like a five or six color tie dye fucking shirt, because no one does that anymore. Well, let, let me interject for for me, mm. maybe for other people too. But I I do walk around and then I see a lot of people. I, a shirt with something on the back does. Oh, uh, with a jean jacket? Yeah. yeah don't yeah. don't spend the money on 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 shirts that <laughs> have multiple back. prints because most of us wear. Battle vests, and you ain't gonna see it. There is some of that. New England, it's However, cold. Uh, to to the only instance where I think I disagree, tour shirts. People love the tour love dates. tour shirts. Yeah. They love the tour dates on the back. I still have my corn one from nineteen ninety nine. Those are like that's like a <laughs> one time only like exclusive type thing that people are willing to pay that little bit extra for. Like, now what if you only have four tour dates? <laughs> <laughs> then, then you very have very big block very, letters. <laughs> yep. You beat me to the joke. God damn. I was going to say. 30 point type. Yep. There you go. Just make it really fucking big. But yeah, back to, I mean, so all those like horror stories about bands going broke and shit, like a lot of that is because a lot of that one, what I see in those bands is somebody who wants to make a, you know, uh, you know, make an average salary, like make, you know, a decent wage. But all they're really doing is sitting in a van all day and then go, getting on stage to play for an hour. Yep. Like, you got to do the extras. You, you got to do the it, Patreon like, lessons, the you, like yes. the full 360. Yeah, like the record companies are now kind of s- cycling them into, but you could do it yourself. And, yes. and I'm guessing this is going to segue eventually into the podcast announcement, but like the Patreon and the YouTube ad revenue is way more reliable nowadays than trying to like sell your actual music. That is very true. I mean, I mean, it, I mean stream it. Jules is able to pay his bills out in San Diego off of that. Yeah. That's that's impressive to me. That's coworker that's, of mine was playing his tunes in the fucking store the other day and I was like, <laughs> "Oh, it's that guy." Yep. No shit. <laughs> yeah. I mean, to to his credit though, he also did that for three consecutive years in his mom's house before he could get to that point. I mean, so that's, you still have to put in the effort. Oh, it's like anything else. You have to put in your 10,000 hours. Yes. Yep. Yeah, exactly. The, what, what that to, to, to mm-hmm. become the, become a master, to truly become a master at something. It's the 10,000 hours. And you have to get yeah. good at recording. You have to get good at the video editing and the mixing. Yeah, and it's not, it's not 
enough to just get on stage and, and play that shit's hard as fuck to play too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know. Asian's been practicing it for months. I will wake up with Thunderforge melodies in my fucking head, and I'm like, "Why is? Oh, right. That's why." Yeah. But I mean, I think I think another important thing for bands is just to keep putting out content, regardless of whether it's mm. music or video or art. Like one 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 thing that. You know, Lich King was a little bit better out in the past. Like we did our own podcast. Um, we that was a, fucking cool. That was always fun. <laughs> um, you know, we were in the past when we were slightly more active. We would, you know, put out dumb memes. We would put up artwork. We would have photos and goofy videos and stuff. And you know, I that's I have to attribute the, a lot of that to you know why we have the following we do now. Um, it's it's it's. I don't think it's. It, again, it's. I don't think it's ju- enough to just play music, get on stage, play your instrument. You have to be able to have a variety of skills and a wide skill set. Yeah, be if you engaging. really want to yeah. make it as a career musician, you need to be able to do a little bit of everything. Oh fuck yeah! Yeah, I mean that's you know I, I obviously I play in Lich King and I still and I record bands and I do live sound and I put on a festival. It's like and. And I do this podcast. Like it, all of it is tied together, but it, it's all kind of one nebulous one unit fucking in, blob of exactly. trying. It's one <laughs> network of trying to further blob of trying. It, that's all it is. It's trying to further everything I do in every aspect. It's a pyroclastic yeah. flow of effort. Fuck yeah! And but like, it, it's doing it in the right way, though. Like it, there's also folks who put in all that effort in multiple angles for that one reason of like, oh. Because I want like to be famous, or I want to be better than someone else. If like I keep telling myself like, if I'm not having fun doing this, why the fuck am I doing this? Yep. Metal's supposed to be fun, I hear. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I wonder who said that. Uh, but it truly is like whenever the fuck we, like we get stressed out about something, or there's a money decision and we don't have the money. It's like, well, when like what point is this going to be not enough fun for us to do something? Like, if it tips over into the not enough fun category, that's a lot of times where it's like, well, is this actually worth it? Mm-hmm. You know, because you can't just fucking keep making business decisions all the fucking time. No, it's got to be fun. It's got to come from... That's why I play in mm-hmm. all these bands, because I want to play every weekend. And every yeah. weekend I get up there and get up on the stage, I think, I just think about how fucking lucky I am I can do it. I love it. I love it. And I'm right there with you. Like, I... If I'm not, well, we all are playing That's shows. Nice. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> we're not doing this like. Well, you know, I got the, I got a limo outside, but you no. know, I <laughs> love bad. <laughs> band is my friend. Uh, but yeah, I mean, like if 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 I'm not playing shows, I'm I I get I get weird. Like I. Yes. You still want to be around music. I, yeah. Like, that's why I got into recording, because it's like, I'm still involved. Exactly. But even just me, as a drummer, like, you know, I, I filled in for Jeopardy, you know, last month. I played one show with those oh, guys. I missed that. I wanted to see that uh, shit. It was fun. Fucking it was fun. Um, but, it, like... I love the way fill-ins, you know. man. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's so much fun. I filled <laughs> in for a couple bands, and it's always a fun time to, like... Try to learn an entire set in like three days. And yes. Can I do this? I had a Motorhead playlist for like three fucking months to do Bomber. And then I fucked my wrist up and I was like, oh no. Uh, it's all about that. 
I don't think I'm going to be able to do that. Oh, your wrist is mm. fucked up now, right? Yeah, and, then, <laughs> and then I refucked. No, I refucked it up. You refucked it up. Tracking yeah. this fucking album. Yeah. Oh, that's bad. Don't get old. It just yeah. isn't fun. Guys, <laughs> don't, don't talk to me about I'm just saying. <laughs> There's varying levels, there but are. you know. I I I I I'm 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 the easily the oldest person in this room, so you don't have to tell me. <laughs> uh, on that note, how about we play a road horse tune? Sure, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Vinny, why don't you like likewise? Why don't you give us like a little bit of background on road horse? Like, how how'd you guys get started? How'd you all meet each other? And... Uh, well, let's see. Well, it started out with me, and um, I. Wanted to put this band together. I wanted to start a band and have it. And uh, I happened to be working at Music Men in Springfield for a few years. And Joel got out of the army and came in and needed a job. And I started like, yep, yep. I this this is the guitar player that I'll be happy playing with for the rest of my life. I liked the way <laughs> he played. Um, and then from there, we found some other people. And um, a couple of people have come and gone. Actually, it was a, there was originally a lead singer. He he just died like within like the last year. Oh, shit. Um, he was he was with us for a number of years, but um, I wasn't originally. I, I just ended up being the lead singer. It's like <laughs> yeah, fuck we, you for that. God damn, dude. <laughs> I I look at you fucking play with multiple bands on the same fucking night, singing and drumming, and I'm like, I just played one half hour set, and I'm done. This motherfucker is still going for another hour and a half. <laughs> There's part fury and part pure admiration. Oh shucks! <laughs> <laughs> uh, did I mention this man brought the beer? <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. But so it anyway, happens. no. Um, it, it, and we were looking around for another singer, and well, you know, we're never going to find another singer like that. And in the meantime, we are writing more stuff, and of course, it started leaning more towards a motorheady type feel. And we, we, I said, hey, we can all let's all try singing, and it ended up being me. And the, the music <laughs> did change, and we all tried singing. It, 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 and we just kind of kept it at that. So for the longest time, it's been the power trio doing that. Um, and that's that's pretty much it. We just play just, and, and you just kept doing it. Yeah, we just we just we just kept going do, doing it with that. Um, it, it it changed the format some because originally it was it was a lot more intricate. The music was a lot it was a, it was a lot more intricate and a lot longer songs and and as we started writing the type of music, the, the road horse that more you guys are more familiar with. And um, mine was the voice to kind of fit with it. And we just stayed with that. And so anyway. It works. It, it works. rocks. <laughs> cool. Uh, so let's listen to Who Cares by Road Horse. Won't you leave us? Yeah. 
Yeah. So that's that that song was basically about uh, not not knowing when to quit, as in toxic relationships. <laughs> yeah. Uh, moving on, I, I I'm told to shamelessly plug some of my my shows coming up. So we have. Uh, Friday, May 11th, Sick Things, that's my Alice Cooper tribute, will be at the Tavern on the A. And then uh, Sunday, May 20th, uh, Uncomfortables will be at Ralph's Rock and Roll Diner. And on Saturday, June 9th, we have Bomber, my Motorhead tribute, playing Laconia Bike Week. And Saturday, June 23rd, Road Horse will be back at the wonderful Ralph's again. And awesome. that takes care of those two months. Mm-hmm. If, you, if you need your fix of Vinny, you got four chances over these next two months. Yes, and I... I uh, if you haven't, come, do it. Come, <laughs> come see me, let me fix you. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Uh, how about Black Absence? You guys got... You guys are you just, just recording right now, or do you have something... <coughs> I know you mentioned July, something coming up. Or? We're mostly in recording mode. Uh, we have an RPM fundraiser show. Uh, June 1st. June you 1st. Are correct. I yeah, totally that was a reschedule, which I'm actually happy we're back at 13th floor. We practically live there and I love it. Uh, yeah, June 1st, we're going to be playing Volstead Act, Lucky Number no. 9, fucking Hyperdriver, all bands that I'm tangentially familiar with, haven't played with yet, and once again would fucking love to play with bands we don't fit with. There you go. It's awesome. I love it. Um, and then, in, yeah, in July. Uh, we're going to do a EP release little mini tour with Crepitus, a fucking awesome thrash band out of fucking Vermont. We played one show with those dudes, and immediately it was like, this has to happen again. Nice. Um, so we're doing a CD release on the 19th of July at 13th Floor with Crepitus. Uh, we're searching for a third, because it is a Thursday night. Um, so if anyone wants to come fucking party, let us know. And then uh, July 20th, we're doing Cherry Street Station, and we're working on the Saturday and Sunday dates. Awesome. No pressure. We already have a release date. <laughs> Get mixing, asshole. There you go. <laughs> Johnny Mac, you got uh, any shows coming up on your end? Um, Not really. We've got a couple this weekend, but the podcast won't be out by then. Uh, Thunder Forge is playing Sammy's on... You April saw it, 28th. it was awesome. <laughs> uh, this might be up by then, I don't know. I, I think I can make it happen. Yeah, we, we I think we talked about it in the last couple episodes anyway, there so go. Uh, go back and listen to those if you haven't yet. Um, <laughs> after that, it's pretty empty until June. Thunder Forge is scheduled for June 8th, 13th floor, uh, with Goblet, Jeopardy, and Omni Slash, who are from Baltimore. Fuck. Uh, who are actually a band that I saw the first time at MAGFest a couple years back. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yep. And uh, Omni Slash again is playing at Cherry Street with Bellower, Entiero, Sacred Ash, and the Humanoids. And after that, it's pretty much wide open. So get at us, promoters. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Um, and Lich King, actually. Uh, we have a show, I believe, June. I mean, a little bit further off, but June, to, is it 21st? Thursday? I don't remember. Uh, we're, yeah, we're playing the 13th floor um, just before we head out to Europe. Uh, we're at the 13th floor with uh, Grave Knight and Condition Critical. Um, and then we do a couple shows in Detroit and Chicago. Just a little quick John out three-day thing. Um, and then we're in Europe for an entire month in July. And I will probably miss an episode or two of the podcast. And I'm sad about that, but touring is fun. So. Skype in. Mm-hmm. 
but we're getting okay. ourselves going <laughs> that far. We, we, we have we, uh, technology. I do stoically endure without the podcast. Yeah. For yeah, I don't. I don't have internet at the studio even. So that's, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> there you go. There's the problem. Yeah, talk and about no. all this shit in June and July when you have this whole list of May shows that we have to read off. So yeah, exactly. Maybe yep. we should do that now. Well, I think you're on the right track, sir. All right. <laughs> promoter head shows. Actually, a couple. There's a couple non-promoter head ones, but also at the 13th floor. So. I've included those just for completeness sake. Yeah, they're notable. Uh, starting with Saturday, May 5th, up at Hawks and Reed in Greenfield, we have the Road to RPM Fest, which uh, we've talked about before, but that's our battle to pick a couple of openers for this year's iteration of the festival. Uh, competing will be Top Down, Granite Mouth, The Negans, Black Palm, Deranged Youth, and Golden Hall. And as we've mentioned before, uh, one band will be picked by a crew of judges and the fans will vote on the other. So make sure you turn out to that and make your voice heard. A week later, Friday, May 11th at 13th floor. This is one of those non-promoter head ones. Uh, Tear it down. Booking book this one, it looks like. That is correct. All right. That one is Green Jello, Shat, Beantown, Booze Hounds, uh, Guello, which is the dudes from Green Jello and a Guar tribute, and then uh, Nick the Barbarian and Left Hand Backwards. Uh, the following night, uh, Saturday, May 12th, also at 13th floor, we have Crime Spree, who we listened to before, Proof, Cross Threads, Comrade Nixon. Uh, Wednesday, May 16th, over at the Ohm in East Hampton, we have Howling Giant from Tennessee and the Immolators and a couple more that we still have to figure out. <laughs> uh, Friday, May 18th at 13th floor, we have Disguise the Curse, Oxblood Forge, She Walks Without Legs, and Barbarian Thieves. Uh, Saturday, May 19th at 13th floor, we have Worcester Doom Titans Faces of Bayon. Uh, with Bunnies, John Trudeau, and First Children. Uh, Sunday, May 20th, is uh, episode 19 of the Promoter Head podcast yeah. featuring Conforza and Epicenter. Are both of them oh. from New Hampshire? Uh, Conforza, I believe, is kind of split between Massachusetts and New Hampshire. But, okay. Uh, actually, Epicenter is, too. So, yeah, close enough. Yeah, fucking crush. Southern New Hampshire, Eastern Mass, kind of in that general <laughs> Merrimack Valley area. I and uh, next one is another big one. That Ooh. is Saturday, May 26th, Stone to Death 3 at the Stoned Church in Brattleboro, <laughs> Vermont. I see what, see you, what did you did there. <laughs> uh, headlining that one is Black Pyramid and Come to Grief. Uh, we also have Desolate, who are I don't I don't know if they, they they're they're more death metal than black I guess, but they've got that they've got kind of that old school sound where it's kind of on the line. Uh, they've been around forever. Uh, Stonecutters are coming up from Kentucky. Great fucking name. Great <laughs> great band. <laughs> really great band. Stonecutters. Uh, Sorry. <laughs> we have a uh, Benthic Realm, which is ex members of Second Grave. Wasted Theory coming up from Maryland. Problem with Dragons, y'all know them already. Uh, Abaddon, I feel like I've heard them before. Have I would have said Abaddon, but I'm probably wrong on no, that. No, that's a great band name, too. Abaddon. Final Fantasy VII. <laughs> Hashtag nerd. 
Right. Uh, we have a uh, buzzard cannon from Connecticut that has one of the dudes from when the deadbolt breaks. They're fucking great. Mm. We have uh, Sasu Wunu. Uh, they they don't do a whole lot anymore, but they're great. Chained to the bottom of the ocean, who are a newer sludgy <laughs> band from Springfield. Stoked for those guys. Uh, and then we have Keith Ketcher and Bog Haunter rounding out that lineup. Uh, get there early. Drink a lot of beer, smoke a lot of whatever. It's gonna be a good time. <laughs> yeah, that's a, it's a it's, I think believe it's like a two o'clock show or something like that. It's pretty early, I think. I don't know. Anyway, a tickets, lot of bang for your buck. You can get tickets for that online now. Um, go to the event page, search for Stone Dead F Three on Facebook. Um, and wait, what's the? I should probably have the ticket link, but I don't know it. Whoops. The internet. Oh well. Internet. If, if if you go on the Facebook event, it's probably there. Very true. And then uh, moving into the month of June, we have uh, the RPM fundraiser at 13th floor on Friday, June 1st, featuring Lucky Number 9, The Volstead Act, Black Absence, and Hyperdriver. And the following night, also at 13th floor, uh, Crash the Owl Party, Almost, Almost, The Bad Signs, and Wax On on June 2nd. I don't know most of the rest of those bands, but if you like ska punk, Crash the Owl Party is pretty awesome. So go check them out. Yeah, that's our shows for May and June. You mm-hmm. did that quite well. Thank yeah, you. That's I always make him do that. <laughs> even, even last episode when you showed up like two minutes before that, <laughs> you like showed up like I showed up like halfway <laughs> through, said nothing during the entire podcast, and then was told, "Hey, read this shit." Like, <laughs> okay, not just like read them off, kind of like I mean, you you give us the backstory and the connection. The you know, you you it was like a like a cross reference database. Kind yeah, of exactly. Thing. <laughs> you know, we like to give some kind of explanation. Yeah. Yeah. Wikipedia this. Yeah, I right like there. T, and yeah. you know, like who, what bands are ex members of what, and I would forget all that. And skip I, right I, I know some of them. Like there's, there's definitely some bands up there that I have no idea who the <laughs> hell they are. <laughs> oh man, um, yeah. I guess we're getting towards the end of the podcast here, but uh, before we totally wrap things up, uh, we are in the midst of launching a Patreon campaign. Uh, so this is kind of a new thing for us. Uh, Basically, we want to, you know, make a lot of cool stuff with the podcast and keep doing all the videos and, you know, give you guys a little bit something extra for your time and your money. Um, so the plan is we're going to we're going to launch it probably f- starting next month. Um, and for as little as one dollar a month, you can get extended episodes, bonus videos. You can get downloads of our live sets here. You can get promoter head T-shirts. We're basically starting like a T-shirt club where you get all the different fest T-shirts we we have, or any new promoter head designs. As long as you're signed up for the Patreon, um, and you can also get uh, promoter head show passes. So mm. you know, pitch in for the podcast each month, and you can either get into like one show a month for free or every show a month for free. You can really be on the guest list, you can guys. Literally be on the guest list. And that's just for, you know, pitching in to help out with the podcast and help us keep putting out cool tunes and cool episodes with really cool people. So uh no pressure. Yeah. That will be up at the end of this month or basically whenever this episode's out. Um you can subscribe at patreon.com slash promoterhead. Um yeah and like I said it's you know for as little as a dollar a month, we have some higher tier things for the crazy special stuff. But 
you know, we 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 like doing this podcast. We want we want to expand it and grow it, and you know, uh, if we start making enough, I think the plan is to do this even more frequently than we are. Exactly. You know, if we're making enough, we can do you know two band episodes a month. Um, you know, moving on to weekly episodes. Uh, we also have some other cool uh, kind of podcast related rewards and rewards in mind like uh you know where we've been th- flowing the idea of doing an episode at rpm fest or doing a live live episode at 13th floor with a studio audience or uh you know we've been talking about writing a theme song forever and uh <laughs> still haven't done that but uh if we get enough people pitching in on patreon we're gonna do some of those things so uh like i said patreon.com slash promoterhead uh help us keep making this Make it better. We're broke working musicians and we need your money. There you go. I mean, that's, you know, that's the story of all of us. It's the new model, bro. It's new, Hashtag it's new Patreon. Model. Damn right. Show up at our door with food. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, food, food's good. I like mm. food. Food doesn't always pay the bills. I mean, people can trade kegs instead of money for RPM sponsorships. It, that's, so. yeah, Sort of. <laughs> I mean, if the hangar wants to pay for the a Patreon system, subscription yeah. with wings, yeah. oh, we man. might be able to work something uh, out. I, I think uh, hangar wings are probably the best form of currency there is. Yeah, I mean, yes. what's the market rate on a wing? Like twenty nine cents? Uh, I don't know. Minutes? I mean, like it's. I mean, they do it by weight. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Weigh them out. Uh, on that note, anybody else got anything they just want to say? Any, any, any last minute things? Before we uh, sign off here, I've what do you want de- the people to know? I, I've had a delightful time on my my first um, installment of, of of this. You know, awesome! I'm very happy to have you on board. Well, thank this you. Was a lot so of fun. Yeah, Liam, come back anytime. F- yep. Pretty much anybody can show up here when we're doing an episode, and we'll put a mic in front of your mouth. Yep. <laughs> That's the much. thing, bring, man. Bring so yeah, wings. Get at us. Yep. Just bring hit, wings. Bring wings and beer, and you're 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 in, man. Hit fucking <laughs> subscribe. Like this is I've played in a lot of weird scenes before, and having been here like five or six years now, like this fucking scene is the goddamn best. It's no it's, bullshit, no drama. People don't feel uncomfortable at shows. They don't feel uncomfortable showing up to and the studio with nothing to and talk that's about. that's not just yep. us talking. You'll, you'll hear that from, from other bands and stuff coming in from other areas. I'm like, wow, this is really a good scene. You yeah, know. we have something pretty fucking unique. So uh, chip in some fucking monies and go see some loud fucking shit. I've toured all over the country, and this is still my favorite place to play shows. There's just so many bands, so many great bands and venues, and it's it's... No drama. You gotta. You gotta. There's no other, drama. You got other places, <laughs> and you're struggling to find. Like, if I have, if I want to put on a thrash show, I can. There's like 12 bands I can call up, and I go to other places, and I'm trying to put together a thrash show. It's like, oh, there's like that one thrash band that kind of, kind of, they kind of still do shows, but their bass player's an asshole, yeah, and I hate talking like, to him. But yeah. he books the shows, and uh, yeah. But it's incredible what, what we've got going on here in New England, and you know that's why this podcast exists. So yeah, and a buck a month is nothing. A buck a month's nothing true that all right i want to thank liam and Vinny for being here uh also thank johnny Mac for being here too i guess (laughs) i guess (laughs) cool uh if you like this you can subscribe to more episodes at podcast.promoterhead666.com and if you really really like it go to patreon.com slash promoterhead throw us a little bit of money each month and we'll keep doing cool stuff and make it even better for you so thank you very much This has been the Promoter Head Podcast, and we will see you next time. Until next time. Until next time. Until next time. On the Promoter Head Podcast. And we're going to play you out with some uh, 
uh, Black Pyramid right now. This is Winter Mute. Make sure to catch them at Stone to Death at the end of the at the end of May, May twenty sixth. Thanks. Have a good one. Later. Bye. Bye. <laughs>